Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So which home opener was worse, Steve Ersnick, because you were at both. The Tampa Bay Lightning last year raised the banner. I was there. Obviously, you were. It was exciting uh, right up until the time when they dropped the puck, and then they got smashed, <laughs> as I recall. Uh, and Or was it Tuesday night when they had no banner to raise, but it was opening night. Philadelphia and John Tortorella showed up just to you know open the season for the Lightning. A lot of connections there. They go up 2 nothing on a couple of Steven Stamkos one-timers, and we're still early in the second period. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, right the ship. We come off coming along, a bet, you know, on a great road trip, one and two, whatever. We got smashed at the end in, in Pittsburgh, six to two. This will be okay. This is the way you want to open the season. You know, Stammer's got a bunch of goals now. And, and then, bam. Next thing you know, they're in a dogfight, and they lose 3-2 to two to Philadelphia, who keeps coming back on teams, and they lose on a bad turnover in front of the net by Eric Chernak. Well, let's not just put the blame on Chernak, which he ultimately had the turnover, but Sergachev's playing with the puck in front of the net as well, and then makes a pass to Chernak, who's standing next to him. It's like, where are you going to go with that? Yeah. It's like, get the puck out of there. <laughs> you know, careful now. Yeah, well... <laughs> It is late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They should have gotten the puck out of there, and they didn't. And they kind of hung Grassy out to dry, and he put it in the back of the net, and there's about six minutes to go. And you know what? They couldn't score. They couldn't get the equalizer, and they lose. And so now it's a one-in-three start for the Lightning. And it's one-in-three, but you got zero points on those three losses. Like, none of them were overtime losses. Like, in hockey, you're going to lose games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you don't want a lot of regulation losses. You can take overtime losses and you still get a point out of it. They're one in three, and it's no points in those three losses. Mm. Now, this one, at least you were competitive in the game. The other two you got blown out in. Mm-hmm. But it's – the Lightning don't lose leads like that. Except they did a little bit last year. And now you saw yeah, it happen a little leaky. This year. Yeah, they got a little leaky on the back end in the defensive side. You know, and and granted, there's no more Ryan McDonough there. And so I know. and so you know, your defense is changing. Mm-hmm. And it's different. And and we got a mailbag question on that we can actually hit on if you if you want. It's actually a really good question. Sure, we'll bring it up now if you want to. And it and came it came from uh, Luis and he actually sent this in last week, but it it still mm-hmm. pertains. He says, "Not sure if you're doing a mailbag, but had a lightning question." I know it's the first game of the season, but I'm sitting here wondering why we're trying to make Mikhail Sergachev fit into Ryan McDonough's role. Mac was a stay-at-home defenseman. Sergey has more offense. Are we forcing it too much? And it's not really, you're not forcing him into that role because it's, it's not necessarily he's going to be exactly what Ryan McDonough is. It's, it's Sergachev's time to step up and do more, and that's what happens in a salary cap world. You can't afford to keep everybody. Right, you couldn't afford to keep Yanni Gord. I mean, who was ultimately taken in the expansion draft, but probably would have been gone regardless. Blake Coleman, Barclay Goodrow, I mean Andre Palat, signed for six million a year for five years in New Jersey. Yeah, with the salary cap, with the Lightning's personnel, they couldn't afford it. And you know, I, I think the Lightning, much like last season when they tried to replace the third line, the Gord Goodrow Coleman line. They didn't replace them. They filled it differently. The school bus line took part of that responsibility. And then you end up trading for Paul and Hagel, and you reconfigured lines, and, and you made it work that way, and you got all the way to game six of the Stanley Cup final. Their defense this year is, yes, Sergachev moves up to kind of that number two left-handed shot defenseman behind Hedman, but it's not the exact same role. I mean, Ian Cole was back tonight for the first time. You're hoping he's going to take some of that defensive responsibility, particularly on the penalty kill, I think. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to use different guys in different ways. Sergachev has to step up and do more than he's done, no question. But you're not asking him to become Ryan McDonough. You're asking him to elevate his game and do better in all aspects of it. And, and that's what you have to do in a salary cap world. You can't afford to keep everybody. Right. Now he's got to step up. And I, I've always, and you know, I, I look at the game as just you know a novice sort of viewer of things. But I've always thought Sergeyev was kind of careless with the puck. I, I never really trusted him the way I trusted some of the other guys back there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why that is. I can't, I can't cite examples of him. You know, making plays like he did on Tuesday night. I'm sure it's not the first time, but to your point, like. You got to be responsible now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> you know, those mistakes aren't supposed to happen when you're in this role. Sir, and, Sergachev's a good defenseman, but he does tend to make a few higher risk plays at times, mm-hmm. and they don't mm-hmm. always go your way. Right. It's it's not to the same level, and it's not the same. But Kucherov does the same thing. Now that's true. Typically, a forward when they're making those risks, are you still have defensemen behind you before you behind get to the goal. Yeah. Yeah. When defensemen make those risks mm. and it doesn't work out, now it's open lanes to the goalie usually, yeah. typically. And now, you know, Kucherov's worst mistakes are when he's at the blue line dangling and he's the one back and it gets, you know. And Sergachev can do that some too. I, I think that the mental part of Sergachev's game I still think he has some times in games where he makes some questionable decisions, but that's all part of the the growing process too. I mean, and and maybe he'll always be that way, you know. But but he's also that way because he does have some high end offensive skill, and sometimes those risks work out into goals or opportunities. Yeah, you know how many times you see him, you know, leave somebody's jock on the ice because mm-hmm. he went one way that. The defender went that way, and all of a sudden he's the other way with an open shot. You know, Cooch is the same way. It's Yes, he's going to make some mistakes, and it's going to go the other way, but how many times does he make a tremendous play? Because he's I guess scared. if you're looking just for an overall word, word like for the, mm-hmm. for the way they what happened up 2-0 was they got complacent, you know? And, and a veteran team, and they got lots of new pieces, but a veteran team can't do that. Mm-hmm. You should know better, you know? You didn't get to three Stanley Cups by playing that way. And it was a good reminder. And you know that if you know one thing about a John Tortorella team, they're going to play every minute of every game, mm-hmm. right? That's just – and if they didn't, they wouldn't be around for very long at all. You know, Torts you know, knows what he has in the room. He knows whether they're the most talented, not the most talented. But by God, mm-hmm. his guys are going to play and play hard and never let up. They're not. They're not going to let up. You know, early in the first period when they were down – Two nothing, or the second period, I guess it was down two nothing. They, you know, they had the in-game um, sort of, you know, interview with Torts and his thing. And you hear Cooper say this sometimes too, because they're just kind of like we're just watching them. We're just watching them play hockey. We're just like letting them, chasing them around. You know, um, at some point we got to start playing. And when they did, they 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 leaned heavily. I mean, it was, you know, it you could feel it. You could feel them pushing. And first it was one goal, and then you know they tied it up, and it's like. These guys, these guys don't think they're supposed to just go home now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're down 2-0, second period, opening night, crowd's going nuts. Yeah, they had already come back two or three games this season mm-hmm. when they were behind. Well, it's disappointing, game. too, because they have a lot of players hurt and out. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't yeah, right. the full Flyers lineup either. No. I mean, that, that, this is, I mean, look, it's not time to panic. It's not time that, but this was a bad loss. Exactly. For the light. Exactly right. No Open question night, about it. Two nothing lead. Mm-hmm. Got everything in your side. Coming off a road trip, you know. You had a chance to get a couple points here after the one and two start and you let it you let them off the hook and this is the most disappointing on, loss of the season. I mean you got blown out Pittsburgh on the back end of a back to back. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. And, and you were in the game for, you know, two periods. Mm-hmm. The New York game, mm-hmm. you played a really good team in their home op- their season opener and you, you kinda got blown out of the building by the end. But this game, you should have won. Yeah. You yep. had the 2-0 lead. You're even up 2-1 going to the third. Yep. You should have won. This I game. mean, 
it's good to see some power play goals, but you know, five on five would be nice to uh, to score as well. We're going to talk. Uh, we get an interesting podcast today. I think we, we're going to talk about some mean tweets and mean emails, if you want to phrase it that way, that I've gotten over the last few days since the Bucks loss on Sunday to Pittsburgh, and something that Ben Roethlisberger said, and something that Tom Brady said that we're going to talk about in just a minute, and it's making lots of news out and around there. But, man, y'all kind of upset about the coaching staff, huh? Wow. <laughs> uh, I get it. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're not, like, 3-13, and 13, but okay. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. One cool thing, though, before we do. So, Steve, me and, me and you got to go out and hang out, essentially, and meet Billy May from May Electric Solar that we – you know, our sponsor, we talk about every night on this podcast. And we were in North Tampa. They were doing a job up there. It was a second day, fairly large job at a, at a home. And what a cool guy, first and foremost. And I had a chance to meet Billy. Hell, I haven't, we realized I haven't seen you in like two years. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, were, try, we were trying to figure out the day. last time we saw each other. After we saw, <laughs> today, wonder. it was like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you look real good, man. You're in shape. Looks good. I mean, that, for those but, who uh, don't know, we do this at our homes each night. Yeah, right. And uh, through the magic of technology, it sounds like we're in the same room often. But Yeah. Um, well, we've been in the same building many times. I'm sure I've been at the Lightning when you were there all mm-hmm. the time. And I'm usually in a suite or something like that. Don't, I just haven't bumped into you. Yeah. Um, but be that as it may, um, we got to see, you know, their process and, and sort of what they do. And man, he's got a lot of guys helping him, man, that, that are, you know, employed by him and they're all his guys. And that's rare in the, in the, in the installation business. I can tell you that he takes care of his, of his, his workers. But, um, you know, like we've said on the show many times in doing his spots that he's been doing this a long time and, you know, this is his company and, a lot of times you'll have brokers or people knock on the door and they represent other companies, but no, nah, he's he's the real deal. And he comes with a 30-year labor and services warranty, and we talked about all the surge protection you get for $750. What was cool about this job, and it was a big job because it's a large house, and really it, it's sort of like the cost is based on how much power you want, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know what electric bills are doing these days, and so it's an initial investment that, you know, pays its pays its way uh you know sometimes in eight eight years or less but uh the thing about it was this particular uh, person who was uh, having the installation among the things and i hadn't even thought about this but among the things that they were going to use the solar uh energy for on may electric solar was they had two electric cars Mm -hmm. and so you're gonna you're gonna power those babies up every you know every day and so i thought yeah what a great you know, yeah, his power bill was going to go up with those cars. So by getting the yeah. solar, it's going to take care of that, right? And, and I think I heard him say, and I don't, I, I don't want to misquote him here, but I think it's like twenty dollars a week, maybe, is the cost. You know, in terms of like energy costs for that. I think for him, that's what it was going to be based on how much he drives and based on how much he drove. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is which is when you think about gas and the thing. I'm not pitching electric cars here, but I'm just yep. saying. Um, but it's another use of uh, of what they do. So, mm-hmm. anyway, the bigger thing is these these people are top of the line, man, and uh, they get it done. And they every you know people are pretty happy with their products. And a lot of you guys who have listened to the podcast have um, called Billy, had some work done, uh, had mm-hmm. some solar uh, uh, panels installed in your home, and and the great thing is they all say, hey, I heard it on you know, mm-hmm. Steve and Rick and, and you know, Sports City Tampa Bay. So we appreciate that. And well, he, so he, I learned I learned that they actually do a lot of work in Orlando as well. Yeah. And he said do. he said they actually are going to be doing a couple jobs in Melbourne coming up. How about that? And it's all yeah. from customer referrals. Referrals. And, and while we were there, of course they had the trucks out and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and they're working on the home and it was the second day, um uh one of the neighbors came down and wanted to wanted Billy to go over there and give him an estimate. Which they'll do. They'll give you a free estimate. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, referrals is really, the you know, the best, um, you know, sort of advertising, if you will. But uh, Particularly when you're doing a project this big. I mean, you yes. know, it's, it's always that, you know, you and I have talked about this probably more off the air than on. But a project this big and, and this, this much of an investment, it's like you don't know, you don't know who you can call. You don't know who to trust. Right. right. And, and, you know, 
you know, Billy's been in the business for years. He's got the 30 year warranty mm-hmm. and he's so much of his business is referrals. Yes. Which tells you the, the quality of work that they do. Right. And, and when you get into something that's highly technical like this and, you know, you want to trust, um, the people that are doing the work for you because, um, like I said, there's a lot of these companies and some of them are in and out and, and you don't, you know, uh, the great thing is if you have any trouble with, with, after they install it, 30 years, man, labor and service, they'll come out and they'll fix it. They'll do whatever they have to do. So start saving money today and call, uh, May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill. And like I said, Billy's going to take care of you. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. We'll play some of our talks with him throughout the week and uh, the next coming weeks uh, so you can actually hear from Billy himself. And uh, really cool, again, a cool guy. It was fun meeting him. Big Bucks and, fan, uh, big Tampa Bay sports fan. Too. Yeah, huge sports fan, huge, yeah, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into, um, <laughs> you know, Buck's Twitter is a weird place, man. It, it's not a it's not a safe place. Like you don't want to walk down that neighborhood at night, you know, because there's just a lot of broken glass and people <laughs> hanging out, and they got no, they have bad intentions, man. Buck's Twitter, woo. Uh, you know, it's funny because this team hasn't lost a lot of games over the last few years. You know, you forget about that, right? Like you're like, well, they've, you know, let's see, they got here in 2020 pandemic. Oh yeah, they won the Super Bowl. They were seventy five. Okay, yeah, they won. They won eight straight, and then last year, you know, kind of never really got off to a bad start. I mean, they were kind of in it from the beginning for a number one seed. Got the number two seed, the NFC, beat Philadelphia in the playoffs, and then boom, you know, the Rams game. We know what happened there. Or they would have been back to the Super Bowl, I think, and would have hosted the NFC Championship game against San Francisco. So it's been kind of like two pretty calm. Well, this year's anything but calm, right? I mean, we've, we've lived through this offseason, which was nuts, where everybody retired and then unretired. And then, you know, um, of course, it started with Tom Brady and all of that. And he's gone for 40 days. And then he comes back. And then, you know, Bruce Arians decides to hang it up and go in the front office and hands the mantle over to Todd Bowles. And, you know, so it's been chaotic. Um, and then a lot of things off the field with Tom missing 11 days. And then, you know, this latest thing with him going to the wedding, which is still, I think, maybe one of the more overhyped <laughs> overhyped stories in, in the history of, of sports. But but that aside, uh, I understand the optics and all of that. But, boy, uh, the, some of the emails and things that I've gotten, it's been interesting because they're really focused almost entirely, almost, on the coaching staff, which I get like, here's the thing. Bruce Arians is not the head coach anymore. Granted, Bruce has his own deal, right? He's, you know, 70 years old now, right? He turned 70 October 3rd. Um, No biscuit, no risk. Real confident guy, been in the business 40-something years. But all these guys on the staff are the same, right? Like it's, It's the very same staff. You know, the head coaching job is really important. You can't minimize that. Those guys get to pay the big money to make all the tough decisions. And he put together that staff, which is probably the biggest thing a head coach does, right? Because he's not going to coach every position. He can't. Uh, in this case, you know, Todd Bowles is trying to run the defense and be the head coach, and that's tough enough, believe me. And it was tough when we had offensive coaches like John Gruden that ran the offense and was a head coach. That was tough too. So they had to lean on their coaches. But when you lean on the coaches they have, they're the same guys okay we're talking about the same exact people doing the same exact things that they did for Bruce Arians Bruce Arians while it was his offense didn't call the offense he didn't write the scripts at night to see what were they going to practice on third and six like he didn't do that stuff you know he knew it he suggested things from here here and there Um, most of the time he said he would add stuff not take it out there was no red line but it was basically Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady well, what's the process this year? It's Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. You know, nothing has really changed. Except when you lose a few games, my goodness, the sky in Tampa Bay is falling. And and I get it. Like, I, you know, that's what sports is. Like, there's, there's plenty of people that, you know, want, expect your team to win every week, and that's what being a fan is all about. But 
holy cow. Um, some of these are really interesting. One guy wrote in, Steve, and said, what a pathetic loss. I agree with that so far. I blame the offensive line, no blocking for passing or running. Brady is a sitting duck. Our defense is trying to live on their laurels. Sickening performance at a critical time, but what is worse is the coaching, all caps, or lack thereof. Offensive play calls, terrible defenses asleep, no focus. The entire team grade is an F for the last game. is It's going to be a long season. Need some changes? Offensive coordinator, offensive coach, defensive play calls. And and that's kind of the way it went. Like, this is a game, and we talked about it, you know, just the other night. Like, where do you start? You start with yourself. You start with the coaching staff. You start with, like, what are we doing? And then I got to thinking about it, and I'll read some of these others, and a lot of them were along the same lines of just, you know, get rid of bowls, you know, um, just all, all kinds of, here's one from Paul. Coach Bowles made the critical mistake of thinking he had a veteran team and they would police themselves. Vita is lost without Sue, just like White without David. And as old as JPP is, he brought mega energy to the team. We talked about that the other night. This team is lacking coaching leadership and team captain leadership. Obsess- obsessive psycho Tom <laughs> is not obsessive psycho Tom this year. LOL. Um, lot to unpack there psychologically. And I think here's the thing I would say is that, yes, uh, Todd Bowles is not Bruce Arians and he has to do it his way. And we've talked about how we thought it would look different and it has. You know, I don't think that Tom Brady is interested in throwing the ball 719 times, although, you know, prior to the Pittsburgh game, he had thrown it quite a bit. I think they tried to get back to, you know, running the ball and being a little more balanced in Pittsburgh. That didn't turn out very well. Um, but, but the thing you have to also understand is that in addition to every position coach essentially being the same ones that Bruce Arians had for the last previous two years or three, actually three years is that it's not the same team. It's not even remotely the same team. Okay. Like when you take an entire offensive line, especially the interior, the guys closest to Tom Brady. You know, the Ryan Jensen injury might be one that was like the worst possible they could have had. It just, you know, there's not a guy physically closer to Tom Brady than the dude that snaps the ball to him on every play. There's not a lineman who helps him identify, not that he needs help, but make sure that they're on the same page with respect to what the blocking scheme is, what the defense is doing, who the Mike linebacker is, all that stuff. Like, that's the guy. That's his dude. Like, that's Jensen. And Jensen plays with a snarl that we have not seen from this offensive line. Robert Hainsey does not have the same attitude that Ryan Jensen does. Very few people do. So they're missing they're missing the close the physically closest guy to Brady, who he trusts the most right in front of his right in front of his body where he's taking the ball. And, and then you have the two guards, you know. Now he's played with Shaq Mason before, and I don't think Shaq Mason has been great to start the season by any stretch. I think he's been just okay, you know. But Alex Ocapo was just okay, you know. Uh, I mean, I know he got paid by Cincinnati, but the Bengals are still getting Joe Burrow sacked more than any quarterback in the league. And they changed their entire offensive line, including with Alex Kappa. So he got a new right guard, but he's played. He's played with Brady. Brady trusts him, whatever. All right? But the left guard is a rookie. He's a rookie. You had Ali Marpet played his best season of football, made the Pro Bowl in his prime at 28 years old. And when he got to the Pro Bowl, he got home and it was all over, he retired at 28 years old. Okay? So now you have a guy from central Michigan, not even not Michigan, right? Not the Big Ten, central Michigan. And Luke Gedeke, and he comes in here, and he's as green as grass, Right? They don't even start him in the preseason until the last game or two. Um, he's not taking first-team reps. You know, he's he's in a battle, so to speak. And, of course, Jensen got hurt, so Hainsey, who was in that battle for right guard, moved over to center. And so he has a job, but he's a rookie, okay? And he's going against Pro Bowl players every week. It just turned out, you know, the way the schedule went, 
Like these guys are actually, you know, Cam Cameron Hayward and you know some of the guys he's going against the week before. Oh, I guess it was with Atlanta with Grady Jarrett. You know, like those are game record defensive tackles that lined up right across from Luke, and he didn't handle it very well. You know, like he got schooled a few times. It wasn't every play, but it happened. And then you have here's what you don't have, right? Like you don't have Rob Gronkowski. That is a, a an irreplaceable force, both as a player and as a personality in that locker room. And somebody who balances Tom, right? And so you lose a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, the greatest the greatest tight end of all time, in my opinion, right? Not just his blocking, which he blocks his butt off, but then just that safety blanket on third down. Where are they struggling? Third down, red zone. What did Gronk do best? Third down, red zone, okay? Hell, Cam Brait has a concussion, then he has the neck sprain. So you're playing two rookie, rookie tight ends, Co'Keefe and, and Kate Otten. So you go from Gronk, the greatest of all time, to not just guys that have played, right? I know they went and got Kyle Rudolph. Well, he can't even get on the field because he's not as good as the rookies. And he doesn't play any teams. So he'll be on the field now if Bray remains out. So you go to rookie tight ends, man. I'm talking about rookie tight ends that don't, they don't get the ball. Like, you know, Kate Otten, I think, you know, has had maybe four catches in a game. And that's been it. So you've kind of eliminated a whole position for Tom Brady. A comfort, a position of comfort. You know what else has happened? His receivers have been a mosh pit of guys running through there like, Mike Evans missed a game because he was suspended, but he's been the constant. He's been the most reliable dude, okay? And, and Mike has played well, and they've they got to get the ball to him more than they did this past game. But then Chris Godwin is coming off an ACL surgery. And what does he do? He goes out game one, week one. We didn't know if he was going to play. He didn't play in the preseason at all. The entire first team offense had like 10 plays the entire preseason. So they go to Dallas, and they win the game. And Godwin hurts his hamstring. And he's out a couple weeks. And then you have Russell Gage who came over. And he's supposed to be your wide receiver two if, if Godwin's out or three. And he hasn't done very much, you know, of anything. And the one thing they don't have, and people are going to laugh, but it's true. You know what they had the last two years, especially the Super Bowl year that made a difference when they were seven and five? And they had they needed some spark. They needed to turn it around somehow. They're down seventeen to nothing at halftime to the, to the Atlanta Falcons. The wheels are coming off. A couple things, but one of them was Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. That dude, yeah, I'm from the pit and the palace. That dude, the rapper, okay. But the year one Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay was a baller, right? Straight up baller. He had an eight-game suspension. The Bucks took him back on. Brady put him in his house. Everything, everybody's kumbaya. And he goes out there, and he just takes the top off the defense. So now you got a guy who's a number three receiver who scares the hell out of everybody he plays. And they got to rotate coverage to him. And now all of a sudden, Chris Godwin's getting off, or Mike's getting off, and, you know, Leonard Fournette's running the ball. Like, hey, the field is open now. Who's taking the top off this defense? Nobody. You got a couple of fast guys in Scotty Miller and Brashad Perriman. They can run. Mm-hmm. They're not playing, Steve. I mean, they're not. They, they don't have that third guy. My bigger point is you can't compare year to year because while the coaching staff, granted, is different, and, and Bowles is different than Arians. We've talked about this. It's still the coaching staff. It's really the same. There's continuity. Continuity in coaching in this league is how you win, you know, and they have it. What they don't have are the same players. They just don't. Nope. And that's goes back to kind of what we talked about the Lightning. Right. You can't, you can't exactly. keep every, You can't keep everybody. Same. Now thing. Antonio Brown was a different reason you got rid of him, but yeah, well or, now or he yeah. quit on you or. But you didn't you get that piece back, right? Mm-hmm. Like you didn't go get another speed veteran mm-hmm. receiver like an Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. You got Russell Gage. Yeah. You also didn't okay. get another speed running back like Ronald Jones. Correct. Rashad White faster than Leonard, but not he's not he's not going to take it to the house either. No. You know you don't have those. 
explosive guys that that stretch a defense. Right. Yeah, I think it, I think it's I I just think it's hard. Where I would here's where I think the blame, and we talked about this a little the other night. I think you have a legit argument if you say, "Look, I don't care. Like the offense is going to take time, <clears throat> and you know, we can talk more about Brady in a minute. You can say all that that they're struggling on that side of the ball. What doesn't make sense." is the product they put out in Pittsburgh on defense. It, it, Brian Baldinger, who does an unbelievable job at NFL Network, go on Twitter, go anywhere on social media, call him up. He did a film study on the Bucks defense, third and 16, third and 17, third and 11, all those. Dude, you would have not thought these guys practiced one day Hell, you'd have thought they all went to the wedding, like for the whole week, right? Are you going to talk about Brady not being prepared? (laughs) I mean, and here's the thing. All these guys have played together for three years now. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have that many new pieces out there, man. Logan Hall once in a while, right? But really, Nacho is is, kind of taking over for Akeem Hicks. But, like, these are all your guys, they played for at least Joe Tryon as a first-year starter, but he's been here two years. And it's Keystone Cops out there on those three plays. The middle of the field is not even covered. The middle of the field. Guy runs down 16 yards, turns around, and he's got a clear window from, to Trubisky. You know? Like, there's nobody between them. And, you know, the one play, it's so bad on film. I can't imagine sitting in this film room and watching this. And it's on the coaches. This part is on the coaches. So they're trying to run 360-pound Vita Vea off the field. And he's behind the line of scrimmage. He's clearly not going to make it. And Levante is turned around trying to get the referee's attention. What's going on on the sideline? Can they not see he's not going to make it? Can they not go up to a side judge and say timeout? Like, why is that on Levante? But not only does Levante not get the the attention of the referee, they snap the ball. He stands flat-footed, okay, the receiver runs past him, his guy, turns around, catches it about 10 yards beyond him. And to Lamonte's credit, he's fast as hell still. He ran him down and saved a touchdown on that play, at least. But it was a huge, huge play. And it's like they're not lined up right. He knows it. He wants to call timeout. He sees Vita Vea is not going to get off the field. they got too many men on the field. He's behind the line of scrimmage. That's also a penalty. And... That play happens. You know what reminded me? It was just like Cooper Cup. It was like Levante being flat-footed against Cooper Cup, and they got a blitz called, and everybody got the call, and he kind of got caught in no man's land. Same thing. Like, the entire offseason on defense was supposed to be about communication and how we can't, you just can't play football like this. You can't have breakdowns on defense where guys run free. And... I'll be damned if it didn't happen not once, not twice, three times in this game when they needed the ball back for one field goal to win, right? And I know that they didn't play well, and they still wouldn't have played well, you know? But, you you know, you, you play to win the game. Hello? You know, like, you can still learn the lessons but win the games while you're learning them. They didn't give themselves a chance. Now, how much of that is coaching? Well, there better be some coaching this week because that can't happen. That's not professional football. We say this all the time. You guys are going to make mistakes, especially when you have young players in there, first-time guys. These dudes have been together three years. Three years, man. You can't, in critical moments of games, it's all situational. You can't. I mean, the odds of them converting one of those, much less all three, it's infinitesimal. They needed help on all of them, and they got it. You know, so yeah, coaching, I, I'm all, I'm all for it. Like you got to do better than that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's another one from Lavania writes, you'll get a lot of this. Here's mine. Brady lost all credibility after skipping practices in the walkthrough. Instead of inspiration, he looked like a whining diva. I used to love the guy. Um, I I think one of the most overhyped stories is is this him going on a Friday mm-hmm. to Bob Kraft's wedding. Agree or disagree? I agree. And also, what Brady did on the sideline, he's done for years. Absolutely. That, and yelling and, at all offensive line like that's nothing new for him. No. And the funny thing about that was, if you really break down now, I, you know, I could hear most of it, not all of it on the audio from, from Fox. But if you really look at what he's saying, he's trying to, it looks bad because he's getting on their butts as, as well he probably should. But he's actually, what he's saying is, you guys are better than this. I know you can play better. You know? Like he's not saying, you're the worst bleeping offensive line I've ever played behind and I can't trust any of you. That wasn't what he was saying, you know, or get out of the NFL. He was saying just the opposite. He was saying, We're, I know you're better than you're playing right now. And he had some, you know, some choice words in there, but the message was still the same. Like, come on, come on, let's go. You know, I know you're better. So that it's all optics, right? It's just all, did you win or did you lose? I mean, it's the same, you know, I used to say this all the time about coaches. And I think this is true about bowls right now, you know, because Bowles is three and three, he's the worst head coach the Bucks have ever had. <laughs> I mean, this is some of the mail I'm getting and some of the tweets that are on Twitter, you know. And if he were winning, and I know he's not yet, but the same guy, like they used to have this with Tony Dungy all the time. It'd be like Tony's winning when he was winning and turned it around because they were terrible before he got here and they started winning and they got to the playoffs, he was, oh, always in control of his emotions. Look at him, cerebral. His teams are disciplined. Um, you know, they don't, you know, they're very calm. They, they don't panic. They're very much like their head coach, stately, you know, because he had that sort of, you know, placid demeanor on the sideline. When they lost, same guy, same coach, it was like, look, his teams, they're like him. They have no emotion. They're just kind of blah. You know, there's no fire in their bellies. They're like their head coach. There's no, you know, you're describing exactly the same dude who hasn't changed at all. You're just looking at the results and saying, you know, so-and-so is to blame for this. And I get it. That's what fans are and fans do. But they're 3-3. Three and three. They're not 3-13. and 13. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. And they're in first place in their division. Yeah. And they got a game at hand over Atlanta. I know they have the same record, you know, but basically it's the same. You know, look, they, they got to win the division, and then you worry about where you're going to rank mm-hmm. in terms of seeding. The NFC East right now is going nuts. All those teams have one or two losses. Like, they're all, you know, and then there's Minnesota's 5-1. Is Does Minnesota's 5-1 and one feel like Buffalo's 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh or whatever it is? Like, it's just not the same, right? Mm-hmm. There's just not, I mean, your record is your record. I get that. You are what you are. But by the same token, man, there, there are teams in this league that are going to get off to a good start. I really, remember the Cardinals a year ago? Mm-hmm. I think Kyler Murray was going to be the MVP. 7-0, and they, I think they started? They started really fast, yeah. And then, you know, I think they won two other last six or seven games. You know, um, they have finished slow every year. So it's just, I, I think what you have to focus on if, if you're a fan, if you're objective looking at this or a writer or whatever, is that every team is different. Every year is different. You might have same players, a lot of the same players. Some of the, you know, Kansas City, while they're winning, because they have arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I think, and they've still got some continuity of the coaching staff and Andy Reid does an unbelievable job and they got a lot of same players with Travis Kelsey, et cetera, but they lost Tyreek Hill. They've had to add new players. Um, they're not the same team. They're winning, but they're not the same team. They're not doing it the same way. Their team is different too. 
And we'll see going forward if, you know, if they're going to be as good to make it back to the championship and or, you know, beat Buffalo at some point. Um, but, like, it, it's – you have to put, compare apples to apples. And there's a lot of things missing on this team. There just is. Um, and, and people kind of get it. Like, there's this one – so, Billy tweeted, he goes, I'm late to this, do the job hunting, but – is there a chance they could add a DB via trade? I know the O-line is a focus of concern for us fans, but good old linemen don't get traded. They're not going to add a DB. I think they're okay there. Um, speaking of DBs, however, there was some news. Logan Ryan, their safety that they got from the Giants, and the Giants are still paying his salary for the most part, um, five of the six million he's making. He's going on IR. He's going on injury reserve. And it's a big loss. It's a huge loss. Uh, and this guy... You know, helped him as a starter on the back end at safety. He's got a uh, Jones fracture in his foot, so he has to have that repaired. And and so the best-case scenario is late December, maybe the playoffs, right? And by that time, you know, I always say this, Vita Vea made a huge impact. I don't think they beat the Packers until he came back after, you know, his broken leg came back for the NFC Championship game and was a huge factor in them winning. But that's, you know, now you've got Keanu Neal, right? Mike Edwards is hurt. Mike Edwards has a, a hyperextended elbow. And so, you know, that's, that's a problem, losing Logan Ryan, losing his, losing his leadership too because we've talked about, like, who are the leaders on this team? You can't really lead if you're not playing, you know? You've got to be in the lineup. So, uh, you know, they've, they've had several of these injuries. And if you, for that matter, go to TampaBay.com. In the Tampa Bay Times, I wrote a kind of a did thumbnails on their free agent class. And listen, free agency is a is a crapshoot to begin with. Like you, when you sign these guys, they're mostly older, mostly expensive players that other teams are moving away from. They're moving on, right? They're hanging on. They're in their last years. They're like they're like Julio Jones. There's somebody that, you know, was a fantastic player at the end of their career, and maybe they've been nicked up quite a bit the last few years like Jones was, and you take a flyer on him. You know, you pay him $6 million, you make $8 million if he plays a lot, and he comes in here and he, and he gets hurt in week one, hurts his knee, you know. But, boy, you talk about a free agent class that just, you know, every one of them, like, you know, the old, like I always say, when you're an older player, you don't get, healthier and you don't get more productive is in this league these are guys that average age is 31.17 years old okay that's in the nfl you're an octogenarian at that point like you're you're really up there in nfl years the average career lasts about three and a half four years you, you're playing 10 and 12 and so start there okay and whether it's i mean you just go through the list right like you start with Julio Jones, how about Akeem Hicks, right? He's missed all these games. Akeem Hicks missed a ton of games in Chicago before that, and so now he's out. Um, you, you can just go, man, you just go right down the line. You know, Logan Ryan now, another one that was a starter at safety. He's going to be on IR. He's on IR. Um, Russell Gage has not done what you needed him to do. You know, Keanu Neal just started playing. I mean, it's most of the players that they signed are either hurt or they're just not producing, you know, if they're not playing very much. So they didn't get anything, really anything, out of their free agent class in terms of the, the, the guys they spent money on. You know, and Gage is making good money, you know. So, I mean, he signed for like $30 million. I mean, he's making $10 million a year. So, you know, you're still, you, you've got a new team, man. You've got a, it's a different team. And like any team, they have to kind of find their own way how to do stuff. But it's not as good of a team. You can wrap the coaching staff, and then ultimately they're the ones that will take the fall. I get it, you know. But it's really about the players. And at least on the defensive side, I'd be, I would love, love to be in these defenses. Because here's the thing that people don't get about Bowles. He stands up there with us, and he's very calm. And he knows the questions are going to be pointed when you lose and stuff. 
and he handles it all very well. And he said some stuff the other day that surprised me about you know, some guys living off, you know, they're living in the Super Bowl, they're, they're in fantasy land. When he gets in front of those dudes, I mean, when Todd told me, he goes, I'll allow myself twice a year to lose it. And he goes, and it's ugly. And he goes, and it's always right there. I have to tamp it down all year long. But I'll let myself go twice a year. What do you want to bet in that meeting, on, on today's meeting, when they come back to work on Wednesday, especially in the defensive meeting room because that's what he coaches, but probably to the team, he's going to show that side that no one wants to see. I'm telling you, he'll have his coaches' attention. He'll have his players' attention. And sort of like Pittsburgh, right? Like Pittsburgh got just absolutely destroyed by Buffalo the week before they played the Bucks. You don't think Mike Tomlin got their attention in the practice that week? I bet he did. I bet he did. And, and sure enough, they went out there and they played their best game. I think that's what's going to happen. I, I don't think you want to be the Carolina Panthers this week. In addition to all their dysfunction and they don't know who's going to start at quarterback, the Bucks are coming off a horrible loss, a terrible loss. They need to win desperately because the games don't get easier. After this one, Thursday night against the Ravens. The Ravens can be either the best team in the league or just blah. You don't know what you're going to get, but you're going to get Lamar Jackson. And then after that, um, you know, the schedule doesn't get any easier. You play the Rams. The Rams have owned you for like two or three years now, right? And then you're going to go and, you know, at, at some point go play Seattle across the pond. And, you know, so there's, there's some winnable games coming up, but they're tough games. And you got to win them. So I think this week is going to be really a pivotal. I think we're going to look back at this and say, well, they either fought their way out of it a little bit and they started this run. Uh, or if they can't, if they, if they win, if they lose four out of five, and they've lost three out of four games, if they lose four out of five, I don't know how you, it's going to be like turning around the Queen Mary at that point. You know, it's going to, it's going to take a lot of effort. Because guys will start doubting themselves. They'll doubt the coaches, you know. And, and then the other thing that happened, did you see this, Steve? Like, Ben Roethlisberger went on this podcast. He was at the game on Sunday. And just from his perspective, because he played forever, as you know, he looked down there and he goes, I don't think Tom Brady wanted to be there. I don't think he wanted to play. I don't think, and it's kind of a bold statement, and I might be misquoting slightly here, but it was like basically like the defense was getting after him. And he didn't look like he was having any fun at all. And, and, you know, you don't have fun when you lose. But that was just Ben's, Ben's thing was like something was a little off, you know. And it is off. It really is. Now, by Monday when he was on with Jim Gray, he was fine. So, I don't know. It's, it's interesting just how and, – and I'm sure they'll get it with the Lightning too. Well, they play a lot more games. But people just think that every year is the same. It's not. Profession, it's not right. Nope. It hasn't been the same for the Lightning. John Cooper talked about that after Tuesday's game. Yeah, just because you won last year or won two years ago, won three years ago, went to the final last year, doesn't mean anything this year. Right. Exactly. You have different people. You got different scenarios. Other teams are different. Yeah. The how about the other teams? That's a good point too. Like they're not. So some of these teams that had bad years have new coaches, have new players. They're good too. You know, like they're they're not the same team you played a year ago. It's just, it's 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 hard league, man. It's professional sports. Like it, it it doesn't. The best teams are led from inside by the players, and they figure it out. They you know the coach with the coach's help, they figure out what their identity is, and they go. I like I, like we said this week. This this Bucks team is missing some pieces. This is not the team that they brought to camp. Those guys are hurt. You know, Julio Jones is hurt. Like Akeem spent or Akeem Hicks rather was going to bring them something, and they did in in a short span. And then and then they're gone. Then they're hurt. Then they're out. And you can't now. You've spent the money. You, there's nobody on the street, right? That you can go get. Oh, let me go now. The trade deadline's coming up, and we'll be talking more about that as we get closer to November. But like, they're going to have to do something on the trade in the trade deadline. They're going to have to. They're going to force their hand. Is that like if Brady's really all in on this this year, and this is our last year with him, most likely, then 
we're going to have to find some players somewhere. And, and all I know that's out there that you can say, okay, well, this guy's available, right? And it's not the trade. It's a free agency. It's, it's Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to go to the team that pays him the most money that he also thinks he can win a Super Bowl with. Hello? You know, it's going to be L.A.? It's going to be Tampa? I don't think it's going to be New Orleans or the Giants. So the Bucks have to find that salary cap space somewhere. You know? They just have to. And they're going to have to make runs at some players. And I, I don't think there's going to be offensive linemen out there, but, I mean, they think they're, they're going to have to do something. So we'll be talking about it all this week. It's just in... You can go on my Twitter feed. There's a ton of uh, of comments there about the coaching staff, and I'm sure we'll be writing about it. I'm sure we'll be writing about the defense this week, all of that on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times. Make sure you check out our friends at May Electric Solar. Had a chance, of course, to be with Billy May. Well, you'll hear his uh, interview. We'll talk to him throughout the week. But in the meantime, 30-year labor and services warranty, $750 worth of surge protection, they have all their own contractors. They don't use subcontractors. This is the way to go. Call the solar energy experts. May Electric Solar. Here's the number. 727-819-2862. 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Matt Baker is going to talk some college football with us tomorrow. Gary Bohannon out for the season for USF. Yeah. Doesn't get any easier, right? Nope. Just doesn't, doesn't get easier at USF, man. All all the big schools lost, right? You know what happened last week? Yes. Florida, Florida, Florida State. Uh, USF, yeah. My, yeah, USF. So not a uh, not a lot of success to talk about from last week, but always great to talk with Matt Baker. We'll have him on the podcast tomorrow, and then we'll get you ready, of course, for the Bucks at Carolina. First day back at work for the Bucks today as they prepare and try to lick their wounds from Pittsburgh. It should be an interesting day all around. Thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.